Welcome to 353rd, a podcast covering the impact of the internet on business. This is episode 32. It is Tuesday, March 20th. I am Anders Brownworth. I am Scott Barstow. So we decided to talk about this book that I just read uh, by Reid Hoffman. Reid Hoffman, as you probably know, is the, uh, the founder and CEO of LinkedIn. Uh, he's part of this PayPal mafia, essentially, uh, that, that uh, spawned a whole bunch of different uh, companies. But Reid's is uh, LinkedIn, and he's writing this book called The Startup of You. And this has to do, this book is uh, talking about how uh, people nowadays are, you know, they have to be uh, somewhat entrepreneurial in their outlook on getting a job and, and moving forward because the, rather than having all the uh, options sort of planned out for you, uh, now things are, are moving much too quickly and you've got to really, you know, there, there's no more, you know, going, going to work in some company and working there for, uh, your entire life and, and having sort of cradle to grave, uh, uh, treatment from one company anymore. It's very much, uh, you know, you're jumping around a lot more. There's a lot more ebb and flow moving around. Um, I thought it was very interesting, uh, interesting book, but I would argue with the one point of calling everybody an entrepreneur. I don't think this is a good idea. Um, I don't know that everybody is. I mean, you know, uh, he, he he starts with the with the statement: all humans are entrepreneurs, not because they should uh, start companies, but because it's encoded in their human DNA. It's it's uh, you know sort of like a life idea, um, and so so I, I I I think an entrepreneur is really somebody who is geared around. Uh, actually creating a company, you know, building a company out of something. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's what everybody is going to do. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, to me, the, the classic definition of an entrepreneur is somebody that takes, uh, you know, starts with nothing and makes something, you know, whatever that something is. And I, I guess the, you, you can be, here's how I would say it, you can be entrepreneurial but that does not make you an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, so I guess what we're grasping for here is a better term, uh, for, for being entrepreneurial, you know, basically you have to be a, what about like, you have to be a starter. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's a more general term and it doesn't have, you know, I think there's a lot of romance tied up in this idea that everybody is an entrepreneur. Yeah. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, there are precious few that fit the classic definition. Yeah. That doesn't mean that there won't be more uh, in the future because, you know, it will be less advantageous to work for someone else or whatever, you know, whatever might happen with the, you know, with the marketplace to make it more advantageous for you to work for yourself or start things. It's clearly easier mm-hmm. today to start your own company because it costs so little money compared to even 10 years ago. In the uh, in the technology sphere, in, te- in the technology space, obviously, yeah. if you're starting a restaurant, it's yeah, you got to buy a yeah, yeah, you got to buy a building, you got to do all the same stuff you had to do 50 years ago. Yeah, um, but if you're in technology, or even if you're in, I would argue something like design, or yeah. you know anything where you use technology 
as the primary way of getting your work done. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not a restaurant or it's not a you know a retail store or the kind of those classic things. Sure. Um, or you're not driving a you know you don't have a fleet of trucks or whatever driving around the city. Um, I still I think that uh, it's easier to start your own company and it's easier today to work for yourself um, because the, they're for a number of reasons. One, the expense. Two, I think the stigma of you know, working out of your house and kind of being your own dude, that's pretty much gone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I remember seeing, uh, even, you know, let's say five years ago, uh, you would get a, you know, you get an invoice from a company that was very obviously a residential address. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. who am I dealing with here? Yeah. Um, but now you could be dealing with a guy that's, you know, a multimillionaire. Sure. That decides to work out of his house, and that's just the way it is. You really never the way know. It is. Yeah. yeah, and it's really more about uh-huh. what you can get done now um, than it than it is, you know, having an office to go to and kind of all of that cachet. Yeah. So I so you know the obvious thing to point to is uh, the Etsy's of the world, uh, the 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 basically companies that build infrastructure to allow a needlepoint. You know, somebody doing needlepoint to kind of reach a market or whatever. Yeah, or engraving but, stone or something. Yeah, so then all, all those guys that are on Etsy, they're, they're, they kind of fit a little bit better my classic definition of what an entrepreneur is. Um, I think what Reed is talking about in the Startup Review has to do with uh, people who are out of a job in maybe middle America, used to work at the, you know, the, the car plant doing, you know, putting doors on, I don't know, something. Or and, even you, I would say even broader, you know, you were an accountant or you were, uh, uh-huh. you were just, you were, you could have been white collar, um, yeah. but a lot of those jobs are going away too, you know, just kind of the traditional pencil pusher, yeah. you know, holder of meetings kind of job. Holder of meetings, yeah, <laughs> I love those jobs. Um, it 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 sort of makes you know. I I watched Office Space uh, recently, and That's such a good movie. It's hilarious, but you know, it is so it is so dated now. Yep. Like you look at it, and and it's just so dated. There are actually people kind of sitting there that don't have a computer on their desk, or or yeah. have like you know where staplers are actually really important. Uh, yeah. It's pretty incredible. So is it, so do you think, uh, you read the book, I haven't. Um, So do you think the point he's trying to make is that the days of, you know, I I remember when I got out of school, you had, you know, recruiters coming to school and you kind of, you know, I graduated with an accounting degree and you had kind of the big six accounting firms coming and that was what you did. Uh You know, you just, okay, well, my goal is to get into one of those. Yeah, right. And and that was, and then when you did that for a few years, and then you would, you know, you would go to a client, you know, you go to work for one of your clients, and then you would do that for a long time. And, you know, I've never been that way. I've always, I've jumped around a ton. Right. Um, So we have, why? I think uh, there's a lot of it is just my personality. Um, I enjoy the chase of something new. So I would have described myself as entrepreneurial, but not an entrepreneur until I actually started my own thing. Yeah. And made the leap to actually go without a paycheck and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. And so I guess the, you know, my reason for jumping around was I just like doing new and interesting things. So More this is anything. this is what he was he's saying about that. He, he there's there the critical difference here is rather than 
popping out of school and jumping into the job and staying there your whole life or whatever, or making relatively few moves and becoming molded and formed by that, rather your personality, for lack of a better word, your identity or or whatever, emerges as you cast around and figure out what you want to do and and uh, end up finding things that you actually care about and actually yeah. want to do things that you know give you you know your passion is there. It it allows you to work better instead yeah. of just really harder and hate your life. Yeah. Um, I think for me, that's definitely been the case. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've, I've been able to, you know, by moving around a lot and, and I say a lot, I mean, probably every two to three years I was doing something different. Yeah. And what I've, what I've found in all of that is what allowed me to sort of launch on my own, which is I, I figured out what I'm good at. And more importantly, I figured out what I'm not good at. Yeah, that's probably most important. And and further, and probably beyond that, even I figured out the things that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was kind of the path. But other people get there quicker. Yeah. Um, I just didn't. Yeah. So so I think I I read some some survey recently that said something like 97 percent of parents in the United States have it as a as a goal for their kids to go to college or think that think that I should say think that going to college is is you know a very important thing right um, which you know it's 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 heartening to hear that of course but at the end of the day if you're minting people that work well in the old industrialized economy maybe that's not ideal so i i would argue along with this startup of you and, and uh, sort of a brave new world and, and create your own job and your own, uh, you know, your own livelihood. It also, it requires a change in the, uh, the educational system. I mean, it does touch on this, but I, I think that, you know, what, what we're talking about here is not making followers, making, you know, a little bit more of uh, leaders and people who, or maybe not a leader, but certainly somebody who can uh, drive their own ship. Yeah, uh, doesn't have to lead others, but does does have to be able to you know somebody who can take the responsibility of their own steering wheel. Yeah, um, I think that's right. I think there's um, for me. I think I just got done reading a really good book by uh, by Seth Godin called "Stop Stealing Dreams." <clears throat> Excuse me, and it's about the education system. Yeah, and. One of the points he makes about college in particular that I thought was really good was to distinguish between a good education or a good college and a famous college. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just the – he said most of the pursuit of education at the, col- at the collegiate level in the U.S. is about uh, going to a famous school, not necessarily going to a good school. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting distinction. Yeah. And I think so, you could apply, apply that same thing to working for a company. Is it a good company or is it a famous company? Yeah. You know, do I want to work at Facebook because I feel like that's the best place, you know, that's where I'm going to excel? But there's a give and take there. Like if if you go work at, you know, Facebook, Google, Apple, you know, some high profile company, 
and let's say you work there for for some nominal amount of time, two years or something, and then you go on to a to a sort of a no name company, but kind of exactly like what you would term a good company, uh-huh. um, exactly the right fit and and a great environment. Getting in that door there is certainly significantly easier if you have you know Google on your resume than if you had no name company. So it's not like. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The Harvards of the world, right? If you go to HBS, Harvard Business School, for example, you you're you're it's not it's not so much the name of Harvard, but it's it's that network that you have. Yeah, it's the Harvard you've Mafia. Got, yeah. yeah, right. You've got the Harvard Mafia working for you, rather than kind of being on the you know yeah. not n- nobody knows you know some some kind of no name school, right? Yeah, they they have no there's sort of no connection there, so. There's a give and take. There's a good side to it, and and a you know a bad side to it. I think the the problem comes when you anytime you start to run into some kind of entitlement, because you're not. I mean, you're you're allowed to breathe. That's yeah. what you're. That's what you're entitled to. Okay, you're yeah. not. You're not entitled to a, a great job if you work hard and it's the right thing you might be lucky and get it, but it's not, you know, and so I think when you look at the, maybe it's the bill of goods that are being sold in, in some schools, uh, you're, you're almost, uh, verbally guaranteed a job. And then you get out in the real world and you realize that, you know, actually maybe not, you know, and you, you're, you're faced with a decision to either do nothing or flip hamburger patties at McDonald's, which is, which is a, a noble profession on, in its own. But, you know, the, the thing comes down to, uh, you know, are you, are, are these, is this system built in such a way that you're just kind of gifted or granted this thing at the end of the day, or, or, or is it more your fault? Um, for not doing it. I think the people, what those books point is, is the realization uh, that people are coming to is that, you know what, it's up to me. If I'm going to make this fly, I got to, you know, kind of go out and, and, uh, you know, figure it out on your own. But that's not to say you need to work in a solo environment and be alone and, and lone wolf kind of thing. I mean, clearly, if you're lone wolf against a team, you're probably nine times out of 10 going to lose to the to the team. So it's really a question of being proactive about where you're plugging in and where you're... Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the thing that I'm wondering uh, as I think about this is, uh, you know, let's let's plug... 25 50 years into the equation everybody's now doing what they want to do rather than what they just have to do something's got to give at some point because i mean you're going to end up having to do things that you don't want to do somebody's got to plunge toilets right so while this book the startup of you uh you know if you've got a network it talks quite a bit about a network uh, and leveraging that network and how to, uh, you know, kind of get yourself into the right situations. But if you are either starting out or you don't really have an enormous cache of, of knowledge that people are, are finding vital and, and you know, really want to hire you, you know, it might come off as false hope. That's just my, my, uh, my gut, you know, my gut reaction initially. Yeah, I think there's there's a there's a certain amount of truth to what you're saying. There's not 
I think what the current sort of climate is that, you know, there's this romance around, um, you know, we'll just kind of chart your own path and you and find what you love and do that and do it every day. The reality is that it doesn't matter what you do. Um, there's going to be days that you're miserable doing it. Yeah. And I think you're sort of setting, if you buy, I read a lot of books that have that message and it sounds like this has some of it as well. And so you get caught up and you're like, man, I'm just sitting over here, you know, uh, you know, I'm doing this thing and, you know, every day of my life is not, you know, I can't sit and say, gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so there must be something else. And you get into that and you get into this, um, this pattern of, well, there has to be something else, you know, I'm clearly not there yet. And I think what that has the potential impact of doing is causing you to perhaps miss or move on from things too quickly. I know I've done that where I missed the opportunity because I wasn't patient. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's, there's parts of it that are healthy. There's the, I, I certainly enjoy the, you know, the fun of looking over the horizon and seeing what's next and sure. seeing how I might play a part in that and all those kinds of things. But you've also ju- just got kind of the the thing that you've got to do every day, kind of the blocking and tackling of life. Yeah. Um, and if you're not good at that, if you're constantly, you know, well, there has to be more, there has to be more, and you never are disciplined enough to stick your nose in and do hard work, um, doesn't matter what your field is, you're not going to be somebody that people are going to want to be around or hire. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know where this comes from. How do you, how do you know, how do you know what you really want to do? I mean, a lot of times you, you start doing something, right? Like what you're talking about and you realize, oh, this is really hard work or I yeah. really do. It doesn't get me up in the morning. You know, I, yeah. I kind of gotten that stuck in a rut there when I was caring about the wrong things. Yeah. I was holding on to some things because they seemed to defend a reason to be there. And at the end of the day, they were, you know, kind of cutting me off from opportunities that would eventually, you know, really open up. And it was, it was just at the end of the day, absolutely the stupidest kind of, you know, strategy. Um, so, so, you know, then looking back, you, it's very easy to see the things that you, <clears throat> that you learned you didn't want to do. And I think that's very valuable. Yeah, I agree. Rarely, I agree. Yeah. Rarely is there going to be like a little light that turns on over some idea and says, okay, this is it. I'm going to spend the next, you know, however many years of my professional experience working in this area because this just, this does it right. Yeah. I, I bet you find that and, you know, you ride that out for maybe 10 years or something sort of at the outside. And then, you know, by that time, it's not that it just suddenly stops, but it, it morphs, it changes. And now That's you've right. got a whole new, like you'll take the same things that you learned and you'll apply those concepts you know in a totally different arena and that's one of the things that's so great about the computer industry it pretty much touches just about every other discipline so if you really want to go work in pharma right there's a computer kind of way to get there if you want to work yeah so it's it's great and it's also the other the only profession i can think of that you can sit there come up with some abstract idea off the top of your head, type it in and have an actual functioning working product at the end of the day without making anything physical. Yeah. Um, and I think you get to, you get to see if you so desire, you can see such a wide array of different, how different kinds of industry actually work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because you have to, because computers are at the center of everything now, yeah. 
And yeah. so you, if you are good at that, you can apply the same skill that you used to, to solve a problem in, you know, telecom in our history and your current, yeah. you know, in your current situation, um, you can use the same skills to solve a problem in telecom as you do in agriculture or, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. how to, how to make a car or whatever. It doesn't really yeah. matter. It's the same, it's the same discipline. Yeah. It's just, you just have to, your mind has to be able to say, oh, well, this is a new set of problems and they probably aren't solved the same way, but the methodology is still very much the same. So, so here's the question. Are employers going to actually internalize that and realize that, you know, if, for example, let's say the telecom industry, right? If you're, you're are you going to get somebody working at some water treatment plant who built, a, you know, a, a real-time system for a water treatment plant and realize that that actually is directly applicable to the real-time phone network or whatever it is and kind of bring them in? Or do you, I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, it certainly happens with headhunters. They're all basically buzzword focused and, and yes, industry focused. Completely. Right? Totally. Yep. So at the end of the day, they end up, the organization that you build is pretty much the, uh, the outgrowth of where you're looking, you know, where you're yep. getting candidates. So if you're only saying, look, you know, five years of industry experience, yeah, find, me, whatever yeah, find me somebody that has, Forget you know, it. pharma experience and they have yeah. a four year degree and they have this and they have that. Yeah, you're gonna, now, the, the pool of talent just got significantly well, got narrower. Significantly narrower, and also those guys when you hire them in are gonna get guys ju- even narrower than that. You know, they're yep. gonna go for their their classmates, they're gonna go for their workmates, other other people, and it's and at the end, what you've now done is created this, you know, potentially really dangerous, uh, uh, you know, mind trust in only a certain area, and then. The internet, for example, goes racing by. It's always, even now, what are we like, you know, 15 years on kind of from the point where the the internet really started to have an impact on the telecom industry. And it still shocks me almost on a daily basis how uh, backward and out of touch a lot of people in telecom, some of the stuff we're doing in the telecom industry is so basic and so simple. And if you tried to do that kind of thing in the, uh, you know, in a startup in San Francisco, you know, an internet startup, right in the middle of it, you would just sort of be laughed off the stage because it's such a uncomplicated, such a technically unsophisticated thing that it's, it's almost, uh, you know, it's really kind of shocking. You know, that, that of course is a rallying cry for me and that's why I am where I am. I'm trying to change that. But nonetheless, you, it still is, that is the way it is, unfortunately. Slowly yeah, changing. It's, it's going to be, you know. I, so I'll have to pick up the book. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in reading it just because he's an interesting guy. He's done some, he's done, obviously LinkedIn's a great company. Yeah. And uh, as you said, he came out of PayPal and he's done, done really cool stuff. So I'll pick up the book. But I think the for me the the debate is how do you because I think you have to start and you know I've got kids that are school age now I think about this every day where what can I be doing right now and they're very young yeah. what can I be doing right now to prep them to be able to do this kind of work mm-hmm. where the the goal is I've got good friends where you know it's like well if you get into this school and then you know you pick your career when you start you know, in your freshman year and right. it's, it's just that way of, of thinking is dead. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't, in some ways it doesn't matter what you, st- in most ways it doesn't matter what you study in college at all. Yeah. And 
I think the thinking of college as a pathway to some particular career, I think, is is archaic at this point because really what you need to learn in college is how to think yeah, um, and how to solve problems and how to work with other people and all of those kinds of things. And I just think it's uh, – you have to – I think we have to do a, uh, you know, a really good job of raising the next generation to, to evaluate opportunities not based on necessarily – is, do I need to go to this school to get this job to do this thing? It's, I can do that thing right now. Yeah. You know, if I want to write computer code, I can write computer code when I'm 12. Sure. There's no reason. No, uh, so no if, better if time to start. Actually, if, there's, if it's really something you want to do, yeah. then start doing it now sure. and figure out whether you like it now. And, yeah. and here's a, just a very small anecdote is, you know, I've got my son, is, as I've talked about before, our kids are homeschooled. And my son is taking a science class at University of North Carolina really? with, a, with a college professor. How old is he? He's eight. <laughs> That's awesome. We need to do a show, by the way, on 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 your homeschooling experience. Yeah. But it's, it's very but interesting. That, but that kind of thing is, yeah. I mean, how do you measure what that's worth um, where he's not, you know, toiling away with 30 other kids and some with some teacher that, you know, doesn't really care if they're there or not. And I'm not saying all teachers are this way, but yeah, he's in this class with a bunch of other kids where whose parents have put them in that class because so it's all very purposeful and, and it just gives him. So now he's, he's learning from, you know, a, a college level professor. He's eight years old and, you know, MIT is putting their classes online, Harvard's yeah. their classes online. Yeah, sure, and so Stanford. how much, how much will you, how much more will be available to him when he's 15 Yeah. in terms of being able to take classes from anybody on the planet? Yeah. And how do you, you know, how do you, how do you assess where he is uh, in terms of, you know, other 15 year olds when he's had access to that kind of education and everybody else is, you know, is in just plain old school. That's a huge question. And, and then certainly a topic for, for uh, yep. an entire show. I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Um, but let, let me, let me close by saying that uh, if you are in the Cambridge area, Cambridge, Massachusetts, that is uh, Reed Hoffman will be at the MIT media lab on Wednesday, April 4th. I think it's at uh, 3 PM. Uh, just doing a talk very likely about the book. I, I can't imagine anything uh, else. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's just a great lineup of speakers. They had uh, Lawrence Lessig and they, uh, they will have, I think on the 18th, uh, Tim O'Reilly. So uh, what's the date on that? So the date is uh, the fourth. It's Wednesday, the fourth of uh, April. Outstanding. 2012. And then uh, Wednesday, the 18th of April for Tim O'Reilly. Uh, I will be there at both. Come say hi if you uh, if you can make it, and uh, we look I'm forward. Have to come up for one of those. You will. You have to come up for the read. That'd be yeah, great. That'd be, be good. Yeah. All, All right, right everybody. Well, until, until next time, we will uh, we'll see you later.